Okay, sidebar on that. So he breeds peppers with other preppers. So this is something I was it's, thinking. It's Mendel's peas, but 21st century That's, pepper yeah. growing. Okay, because I, I, I thought about this recently, and it somewhat blew my mind, but I, I was wondering if I was missing something to this idea. I guess, so you, the way you learn about evolution, right, it just makes it sound like, oh, one day we were monkeys, and then now Next we're this we're new species, yeah. right? Where I feel like that just doesn't sound complete, where the reality of it, it's like more of a long-term progression. Right. So even like breeding the peppers, how much uh, attempted reproduction between the same species, or sorry, different species consistently finally yielded that new thing that right. you consider a different thing, right? You're right. So like how much interspecies erotica <laughs> is actually occurring? <laughs> Exactly. What's up, it's Troy, it's Matt, this is 40th Street. Alright, well now we're live. Yes. Howdy everyone, we're back. Another installation of 40th Street Pod. It's these with Troy. We are back. He's. Uh, I'm sipping a ranch water <clears throat> with. Well, was recently purchased purchased by Topo Chico. Really wants you to know that it's only one percent juice. Which I feel like normally when you'd advertise that it would be the opposite. You want to know how much actual juice it is. But I guess it's, if it's booze. That's like. Like if your orange juice says contains X amount of juice, it's a bad thing, right? You, well, well, if it's a high number, that's good. Like, if it's 99%, that would be something they're proud of. Right, right, because it's mostly orange. So, it's, you know, like the green juice craze phenomenon? Yes. I always wonder what percent of that is water and what percent is nutrient from a, a juiced item. Because you can buy right. like pressed juice from Costco and et cetera. I feel like water's kind of the um, it's like the hack for that because a lot of ju- what juices just water, you know, just natural sugar inside of it. And you can, I mean, ninety five percent of it could be water, and then you could just yeah. put a celery in and a couple grapes or whatever. And right. Then so you, call you it. yeah, you make the juice out of the normal fruit or the veggie and you add water because that normally just has water in its juice. Yeah. You just say it's all juice. I mean, it kind of blows my mind how these companies even come into fruition. Like mm-hmm. th- they're not selling anything new and yeah. somehow their brand is like healthier. I, I, I'm always confused. I think we just get bored of the same brand the same brands like what's this what's the orange juice brand uh sunkist sunkist 
Yeah. Is oh, that, no, no, no. Sorry. The latest, that's, the, that's the orange syrup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Florida's, or, Florida's natural is the one I grew up Okay, thinking. right. And in the same carton. Yeah. Yeah, that could be it. You just want something yeah. refreshing. Because how often is your first choice of like a soda, Coca-Cola or Pepsi, unless you haven't really had it in a while and for some reason it just sticks out as you're in your mind like this sounds good to, to drink right now. You're usually always looking at the optionality of... Oh, this is a new thing I haven't tried. I wonder if it will meet like some right. idea of standards that I have in my head. So that with just all arbitrary like beverage or food products is pretty pretty powerful. And then if it's really good like White Claw or Topo Chico or it's just like a trendy thing, then oh, speaking of drinks, you know Arizona iced tea. Yeah, they. I was on a coming back from Mammoth. They've moved into the gummy bear space you can buy like arizona iced tea flavored gummy bears what yeah yep i i don't know why i didn't buy a pack when i, I just saw it and was like weird and, and yeah. then as i was leaving i was like i should have bought that that's so funky yeah it's becoming more and more degenerate where kids or teenager or young people product non-alcoholic is merging with adult beverages like they make <laughs> spiked mountain dew now you know? right 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 yeah. that there's a killarney's in huntington beach does uh capri suns and they actually open the capri sun fill it with like vodka and then reseal it somehow and they sell it to you and it's capri sun with the straw oh and my. you still stick the straw in and it's loaded with yeah liquor. and you're like is it i'm like is this is like a is this yeah. legal is it like some <laughs> legal adjacent thing How that's does that that's work? so funny too because they know that if they just put it in a glass where they said they squeeze capri sun no one can. oh yeah no you want the nostalgia it was of putting totally the straw. stabbing yeah, that yeah, straw yeah. through and going like holy shit this <laughs> thing is kind of spicy yeah yeah dude also i even saw in someone i follow from singapore still they are making like mars in the candy bar right they're making protein bars now so <laughs> snickers protein version it's going to be bastardized to a point where you're you're just going to look in the bar section you're like okay what is just a candy and what is yeah good for i mean it's kind of like a tiger's milk bar i mean that's a that's like a really sugary yeah. loaded they're delicious but also i guess this is what happens when all the mergers and acquisitions like happen and they're all owned by the same giant corporate right, like head. Yum brands or whatever. Just yeah, yeah, yeah. So they was, oh, we might as well just use some synergy between this product and this product and have something new on the shelves. For stuff like that, you got to keep the obvious catchphrase of if it tastes good, it's not good for you. And like if it sucks, it's probably on the better side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But dude, actually like, because it mostly is marketing. Right. Um, like I think you, this is what you were saying with the tricks mm-hmm. cereal and the old, old stuff. They just kind of add new weird features, like and, gimmicks. Almost. Yeah, gimmicks yeah. in order to bring their their brand back like into the limelight. And a lot of those gimmicks are fed, fueled by nostalgia for a lot of the, these products that really have no right utility other than that. <laughs> you know, what I just thought of. I li- like McDonald's in the past. You know how your parents used to go there because you'd get a Happy Meal for your kid. Mm-hmm. Is that so, like, are adults really into McDonald's now so that they don't need the excuse of giving their kid a toy? Or do they still have the Happy Meal? Oh, because we liked McDonald's because we got, we're introduced to it for that reason. Right. We were like children and we wanted it and our parents would go. Or maybe McDonald's was already huge enough. I mean, it was obviously huge, but yeah, yeah. like the parents were going anyway. 
Yeah, that's a good point. I think they, yeah, I don't even think they need the Happy Meal at this point if they wanted. No, I think adults just hit up McDonald's. Yeah, now. yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's almost more crowded at night when it's just adults. Yeah. Than, oh, than yeah, definitely. Yeah, they don't need like the playpen or any of that crap. Yeah, yeah. I went to Carl's Jr. recently. How was that? Uh, Jordan lost her chicken star virginity. Um, oh, like ch- the chicken stars, the nuggets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 She never had a chicken star, so we got chicken stars, and I got like a double western bacon. Wild. Uh, it's not that good, but like Dude, no. it, it, yeah. it, it, <laughs> it's expensive for like what it is, and also I was just like, okay, it's, every two years I can stop in one and see what, yeah. what it's about. Well, well, the western bacon, it's a big burger. Like. It is. It's not quality, but... Not quality. <laughs> not at all. Like, the... Maybe you have to eat it, like, right away. But, like, maybe the onion ring's crispy yeah, when it yeah. first comes out of the oven. Well, the microwave, whatever. But mm-hmm. it was, yeah. Quality was down once it got all the way home. That was the first burger I had where I felt so cool about ordering because I wouldn't put special, like, requirements upon the order because it was just onion ring bacon, right. barbecue, barbecue sauce, sauce, and cheese. And I was cheese. like, yeah, finally yeah. like all the ingredients. <laughs> Hell yeah. Yeah, when I was like a kid, because you don't like the lettuce or the onions or the tomato or that shit when you're, when you're little. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> that was always my favorite place to go for that reason. Um, but no, what I, what I was wondering about the marketing, like, because you're, you're, you do marketing, I guess, well, yeah. most, mostly like online stuff. Um. I had this thought recently because you don't want to, like marketing, the best way to do it is not to try to convince someone almost to buy something, you know? Like, I guess, um, how do I put this? For like a brand or a specific person, like influencers now, like the question is what's the best way for them to influence you to buy into whatever it is that they're selling right and is it directly or indirectly you know i i'm not good i'm not the key demographic for this i've never purchased something from an influencer i don't think or just racking my brain so you you try to you go with like brands and products that you just know have a lot of data on them. Yeah, and so I you're I, I don't think doing. I'd be opposed to it. I guess I'm not. I don't see it and buy it. I'm not very uh, like in. Uh, what's the word? Impulsive. Impulsive. Exactly. Yeah. I don't. I don't like see the influencer with something and go like, oh, let me get that. It's only twenty bucks. But. Yeah. Maybe it's like a more of a Gen Z thing or like some other millennials like us who they just see it and they grab it right away because it's only X bucks and then... Yeah. But no, I mean, the product should sell itself. I mean, at the end of the... Like if you think... Yeah. Yeah, I think one way to approach it is... So the reason why the see it and buy it, I think, is powerful and why some people do that is because it's almost like they feel like they're discovering something that they didn't even know existed, but that it, like has a secret, you know, utility to it. Um, versus the other alternative approach, which is like, oh, you just kind of know based on talking to a lot of different people, and like the reputation of the brand is like is pretty good. Um, well, what are like some products that are like ubiquitous to all pot, like every podcast, like Manscaped? Yeah. I guess like. If there was a time, a chance, like say I needed a, was like purple mattress, one of them for a while or something. Like, I guess if I was looking for a product, I might go, oh, let's finally try that. Yeah. But yeah, I'm yeah. not going to buy it without need of the product. Right. But don't, 
you almost say you're listening to a podcast that you know is not the most popular podcast, right? But you've developed like, you know, really strong interest in this. You trust the people who run it, so therefore, kind of by the transitive property, uh, you trust almost their what, recommendation. Yeah, the recommendation. But it's just like I think we were talking about this one, this kind of concept before a long time ago. We have this weird affinity for when we feel like we're on the inside of something yeah. that no other people are. Right. And so if like a product is introduced to you in that in that uh, you know, environment or in that community or whatever and you're just like, Oh, like this actually sounds good and no one knows about it. Right. I'm gonna be the first to try this out, you know? Mm-hmm. Like I almost wanna get it before it's popular type. Yeah, thing. yeah, yeah. Um oh. And I, I don't know. I also think this is almost how influencers become, like, rise to their... Like, no one's going to follow an influencer who's just, like, in everyone's face. It's just, like, annoying and, like, saying exactly what they think or, uh, like, in your face about whatever, like, their ideas are. Yeah. Know? It's more the people who just, like, make people who don't know them feel like they're on the inside of some weird sort of movement, you know? That's probably yeah. like what Trump did in, in a lot of ways. Hmm. Even though he was kind of popular, I guess, but... But the... Th- so, with these, like, pro- there are... Like, I know... I know one influencer. I'm not going to out them, but th- she gets sent products all the time. Yeah. And in my head, I'm, I'm wondering, I, I, is this unknown ROI for these brands? Like, how are they measuring any of this? Oh, oh, you mean, oh, for for people that are converted to their right stuff from, through her through her. I mean, she doesn't have like a promo code or anything. She just puts like sponsored posts and stuff. They must kind of just take a gamble on a lot of right. Like we have no sales today. We send it to fifty influencers. We yeah, have yeah, sales yeah. tomorrow. That there has to be some. Yeah, right. It's like throwing darts. Yeah, you're in a dark room and hucking darts, but instead it's with influencers. <laughs> yeah, but even. I don't know. I guess this makes me think about even uh, like ideas that you're even influenced by and why they are influential to you, you know? Yeah. Uh, Like when you're in in, uh, elementary school or middle school or high school and you're basically forced to be there, I feel like those ideas aren't almost as potent because you know you're just kind of being forced to listen to them versus once you go to college and you have this weird um like choice you have a choice of a major and choice of a curriculum that you kind of set up yourself it's constrained but it is some level of choice choice or once you give that to someone then they're more open to whatever it is they discover in that area of whatever it is they're like looking for right and then beyond that once you're out of that environment you're just like in the real world it's even more so where if you feel like you have unlimited choice you almost are just drawn to the things that you feel like you have discovered uh independent of any other influence of someone like saying hey i want you to try this thing you know yeah so like the best way you can almost market is to make someone feel like they're not being marketed to or it's not like hey you should try this. It's like, hey, like... The whole, like, you just see your person drinking a bottle that's unique or so- something. Like, yeah, what yeah, is yeah. that? Like, oh, it's this. Yeah, thing. yeah, exactly. Um, so then they, you know... 
yeah, I guess what I'm trying to, or what I'm talking about is like the psychology of influence where people are more open to an idea if they feel like they're coming up with it than if they're just being like presented it. Right. Something like that. So. Marketing inception. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, which with the internet, it's, you have like unlimited opportunity to do that because, you know, you just find anything at any point, you know, there's no, there's no gates basically. Yeah. Yeah, dude, I don't know. I'm, I'm definitely vulnerable to that for sure, too, especially like when I go on social media sites. and What's like a product? Give, give me an example of something that was like a true like gotcha where you're just like, what the hell am I doing here? Like when you had the product in hand. Oh, I. Hmm. I will say I did fall for one thing that is very useful and it is the Tushy Bidet. Oh, I yeah, didn't yeah, really, yeah. but it took me almost a year to buy it. So I was a little, yeah. my shopping urge took a while. I think most of that's happened to me with <laughs> those like kind of bootleg clothing fashion stuff where right, they, like, they, you know, they, they don't, it's just in one of those weird catered ads that kind of pops up on your feed that looks cool and you're like, oh, like that's like, looks like a sick shirt. Right. And then you get it and you're just like, dude, this is just like, like what a is piece this of shit. Thing? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm more, dude, I'm more, like, susceptible to the random, like, sub $10,000, or, sorry, not $10,000, sub 10,000 followers, like, Twitter dude, who has, like, one or two ideas that uh, I think are, like, interesting. Right. Like, that person I'll always give a fault. This is, this is kind of why I started thinking about this. Is Like, if it's someone like Kanye West who's saying something, that even if I agree with it or not... Uh, I'll just like not respond. I just will disregard it. But if it's like this weird person who seems like he's on the up and up. Right. And he says the exact same thing. then I'll be like, huh, maybe this is guy's worth like paying attention to. Yeah, yeah. Deal. Uh, but it's, it's just, it's a stupid thing where it's my ego saying, oh, I almost want to do it because I want to say, oh yeah, I followed him when he was at like 10K or something yeah, stupid Yeah, like no, that. I see that. Yeah. You, you were lucky you weren't in the fledgling cryptocurrency industry then <laughs> as you would have just been all over all these like shit coin up and comer yeah, yeah you yeah. know like oh ch check out this white paper you know yeah yeah no i'm glad it's for uh it's not for stuff that's uh high capital entry requirements. there we go yeah <laughs> um Wait, so you just got back from golf today. Just got back from golf. Uh, we had a tragedy on the course uh, where at hole 10, I take a swing with my 7-iron and my club head snaps off. With a 7? My 7-iron. I didn't even hit the ground that hard. I had a clean divot, no issue, just as soon as it struck oh, the ball. Right. So it was already cracked or something. Probably. Something. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, it's totally sheared off. It was funny because the club head... Flew the ball. It honestly didn't. Wasn't the worst shot. It ended yeah, up being yeah, yeah. Pretty much fine. But the club head launched. Actually, I think I have done that with the seven iron as well. Kyle did it with an, a, a three wood. Yeah, drivers and three woods is pretty. Yeah, I'd never really seen it with an iron before. I no, guess, no. but I was, I my, I was thinking because like the Masters is going on. Like if you were a pro, and one of your clubs just broke on the day, I think you yeah. had to finish your round without said club. No, yeah, you wouldn't be able to. You use can't it. re -bag, But yeah. 
I wonder if that would mean you could take the uh, the pool shot on the green, <laughs> or you just lay down and use. The yeah, you, that would be interesting if you like hucked your putter into the into the river because you got mad at it and you were just like hitting with your driver the whole time. Uh, wait, so did you go get the head of the? I did. I have it. I'm either gonna get it repaired or make yeah. something cool out of it. Yeah, I was gonna say you could put it in a little case, but. Yeah, a little autograph thing. If that ha- if you like hit a hole in one, or you like drain some six shot with it, you should. Oh, sure I'd have to. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You could do like a DIY golf club fix. Yeah. Wait. So that's why Tim didn't. Uh, couldn't go to the softball thing. Huh? No, he's still going to softball. After the. Yeah, he said it's nine twenty. Yeah, he said he's still going. Damn. Um, yeah, yeah, he's in that league alone too. He's not with anyone else. It's just him. Yeah, on the team. He must. He love the game. Yeah. So I wanted to get your. I don't think I've asked you about this, but I've been thinking about it just because I've noticed like as we get older, um, it seems like especially within social <coughs> circles, like hobbies, kind of converge in a way you know and i noticed like it's you know for so many people in our demographic it's like golf oh yeah uh, young skiing, men got yeah, ta- taken with golf by yeah by the yeah, horns golf skiing and then i think the other one like kind of just go either going to bar watching or gambling on sports or actually going to like a basketball right basketball game or something have you thought about why that might be? Why those, especially convergence? Yeah, yeah, of those particular. Three. What would you say that the top three men's are golf, sports? No, I'd say golf, like watching sports and then participating like casually in probably the same kind of sports in that you'd sports? watch. Yeah, the same yeah. ones that you'd watch, like the main ones: baseball, basketball, um, and then and then the third one, which is more of a seasonal one, I think, is skiing, right, or snowboarding. But that still, that one's kind of an elite one, though. Well, I guess actually we did have a conversation in the car with Tim and Kyle coming back from golf last weekend when Kyle was like, "Dude, I really want to get into skiing," and I was like, <laughs> "I mean, it's you can like it, yeah, it, yeah. it's going to cost you five grand because you're going to have to get a season pass, probably a couple yeah. lessons. You're going to have to go up and like." It's one of those ones you can't go up once a year and become a skier. No, like no, you're no. gonna have to spend some time out there. Well, a good one at least. You could right, figure out, you yeah. can figure right. But one, you know, he's almost thirty. Yeah, he you want to he want to spend a couple weeks out there, maybe like every other day. You know, go taking a lesson, feeling it, and then obviously coming back again the year after. But yeah, why did why do they converge? I don't. Do you think it's because our interests? align or there's just such a more intense push of companies and brands to make that only accessible to us so like our money's pooled into one location well i think actually it starts when we're young in answering the question of why we do those things even when we're young because that's also like a common those are like the common hobbies i guess when, well, it's your parents playing exactly. So those those specific, roulette or just throwing through into everything and right. be like, what's going to stick with this kid? But all but especially it involves your parents because it's things those same activities they can enjoy with you, right? Despite the age difference, so right. it's like you can go skiing or snowboarding with your parents, and both of the parties have an interest in 
Like, they have fun doing the thing. Right. Same with, like, going to a ball game and watching it, like, with your kid. There's no intense skill gap. Exactly. There doesn't have to be. Right, right. Or it's something a high skill gap person can do with a lower skill gap person. Yeah, exactly. Like, enjoy them. Golfing, I played that with my grandpa, you know? Right. And you you still, like, you, have a you good... You can play with someone who sucks at golf, and you can still have a good time out there. Exactly. you're all... Yeah. So that is the thing that starts why those particular hobbies are popular in the first place. Mm. And then as we get older... It's not as much about the hobbies. It's about socializing. So it's finding what is the thing that everyone's kind of been exposed to that we could all enjoy together. And those just three happen to be, you know, pretty pretty often you've tried at some point, you know? Yeah. So it's like, oh, you know, it's not like we're going to all go surfing because it's like a good chance like a high percentage of your group of friends who you met in high school or college people haven't done that and it's like a high barrier to entry thing barrier entry to try to harder hit. with that yeah. Yeah, yeah so but then the, the going back to the price thing that's why those things are expensive because they're so common because of those reasons right. so it's like so many people are trying to do them like the 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 ski resorts like fuck we have to raise the price of a lift, lift ticket yeah. to limit all the people who would who would do this otherwise. Because if they had cheap lift tickets, because so many people have tried it, imagine how much more crowded it would be. It'd be insane. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, also, I, golf is the perfect sport to like, temper the male ego. Yeah. Because it's you versus yourself mm-hmm. and your ball and your club. And if you're that type of person who kind of sucks at something and you know you're going to do it a lot and you have to get better then you're going to go out there and you're going to play and you're going to practice but it's, then you could still go out and get shit on on the course yeah. depending on how it is but yeah no golf is it's so it's kind of like baseball where there's extreme over ownership of your performance i mean even more so than baseball because it's literally just you it's you at the plate uh, yeah. yeah yeah with baseball it's one instance when you're batting it's mm. you versus the pitcher but golf is like you can't like if you fucking you know screw up a shot like that was you, you right know? <laughs> yeah i guess i've always been more attracted to individual sports like that no like you, i uh, yeah. you know, the onus is on you right don't it, deteriorate it, mentally and yeah. get it done I think as we get older, we're more attracted to that because that's actually like what life kind of is. Yeah. But when you're younger, you hate it because you don't want right. to yeah, accept you, the failure. Yeah. <laughs> you want someone else to be able to pick you up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which like yeah, I totally relate to that growing up playing baseball because it's like when you strike out having to walk back to the dugout <laughs> with all your friends, you're just like, dude, this blows. <laughs> yeah. And then it still happens to me when I sub for softball at uh, yeah, men's yeah. leagues. Yeah. No. But so then I guess the question is, though, with those three hobbies, I don't know when I started thinking about this or noticed it. Like, how would you, how would you apply that to other things to expand the interest, especially because we don't want those hobbies saturated. So, like, lift tickets and tea times are, like, these absurd... Yeah, we don't want to pay $1,000 <laughs> yeah, yeah. in 2040. Exactly, yeah. So, I, I guess what I would... My answer would be, we, as, like, a generation, we have to be almost more deliberate on what we enjoy with our children. Mm. So then, hopefully, it, like, diversifies, you know, the landscape a bit. Do you think hobby, like hobbies are condensing I like think the walls so, are sure. closing yeah. in on what people enjoy what's something 
I, what comes to mind are really lame things. Stamp collecting. Yeah. Uh, coin collections. Yeah. Well, I guess those are all active that we kind of said other than the watching sports, but it kind of involves with something active. So hikes i haven't been on a hike in a while our hiking trails that's getting even more popular these days that wasn't i don't think as much when we were young like unless you're in boy scouts or girl scouts right. or something like, like that. nature yeah yeah i think that's probably the next big one that's going to add to this where i think so you think every weekend someone's going to ask me to go on a hike and i'm just gonna be like please <laughs> no it's more stop. it's more like if when you're by the time you're a parent if you wanted to go to yosemite or something and even plan it a couple like even actually that's the worst example because that's always been a nightmare yeah let's say joshua tree you want to go to joshua tree to go camping with your son and like five of his friends you might have to plan that like months in advance because they're getting so much traffic it's like inundated with people yeah yeah yeah. versus you know i would do that in college you just kind of go on a whim right so um yeah but i guess the point or is if we diversify it enough then all these things get brought down a level where yeah where no no one has to worry about that at all <laughs> that's i guess where the local mentality comes for some of these action sports like surfing and snowboarding yeah and yeah where where the, it's yeah. like it's my mountain it's my set of waves right so that's the other strategy is not diversifying but changing the attitude during the activity the almost prevent people from well it's interesting because surfing is like the one thing that's just it there they can't there's no real way to suck more money yeah like yeah. the ocean's not public yeah so there's no private there's no private yeah really wow. right. could you imagine yeah. really what regulates surfing is how hard it is that's why people right. don't want to do and it. the fear of like being underwater yeah because like when you snowboard you take a big slam yeah you're 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 rolling and you're you might, you know, break a collarbone or an arm and you're flip. you know, it's, it sucks, but you're not underwater. Yeah, yeah. Like, they, totally unable yeah. to breathe is one, is a very exactly. disconcerting feeling right? for most people. So there's a, yeah, there's the barrier to entry axis where those three are on the sweet spot where they, that's why they also get popular. You got to find the ones that are not, like, I, I almost would say, like, mix, mixed martial arts, but that's more like surfing where... There's like extreme consequences where right. that alone probably prevents people. What about like our some well darts and pool are like only played in bars. Yeah, yeah. They're also kind of lame. Huh. But there are new games like that where you could bring them to be more active. I actually a lot of people are doing pickleball these and days. Spike ball derivatives. Yeah. Yeah, pickleball's a mess. Pickleball is a mess. <laughs> it's fun it's fun but yeah i've never played you would enjoy it i mean it's it's fun i my mom got into it and she goes with some like older ladies and i'm like yeah you just go walk go let that court be reserved for someone that wants to play pickleball that's good at it actually mountain biking probably is close by too i've when i used to run trails more i'd see a lot of dads and sons i've never even done it i want to do it in mammoth or like like during summer i think that'd be really cool yeah i've never that's also pretty dangerous if you go on the wrong to the wrong place but if you go to a mild spot right you're not there's like beginner runs and stuff yeah just keep your helmet on 
Because you'll watch like YouTube videos of that, and they look like the most terrifying thing ever. People on ridges going like forty-five miles yeah. an hour, or where they're going down and they, they there's a turn, but they don't see the turn, so they just flick off the thing in, off the trail and into like some giant bushed area, <laughs> and they're just like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. Maybe we'll just end up playing golf and. Signing up our kids with for the same sports, who knows? And it'll just be like an arm and a leg every season. Yeah, it'll just be the same thing, <laughs> same shit. Uh, oh, we get them into bug catching and gardening. Fun sport, gardening. gardening. I could use some help with my garden at the moment. All our indoor plants are dying. I don't know what's happening. I've been taking them on field trips to get sun. I don't know. Someone's got to speak to them. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure. Gar- play- gardening, botany, that is definitely lost on most people. Yeah. Like most people, I don't know why. It's it, it, I, I find it interesting and fun. There's so many like variations of plants and you get to watch something grow. Yeah. In fact, people that aren't ready for a dog should get a tomato plant. Because <laughs> they're they're easy and they make they grow they make a lot of tomatoes. The, de- the death isn't as traumatizing. The death is not traumatizing. Uh, less traumatized. Than... Well, you know what I was thinking. The reason why people <clears throat> it takes an especially patient person to be a gardener, or a botanist, or something like that. But if you have, <clears throat> like in Southern California, you don't really have seasons, so you could kind of try to grow anything whenever. Right. If you did it with a child, where you planned the (coughs) what's the word called one for like a plant's is it gestation that's i think so well (laughs) growth like maturation yeah Yeah. Um, if you incrementally plan the plant's maturation where it's like oh this week you'll see the eggplant will have a flower or something and then the next week you know you'll see a sprout from the carrot root or whatever like because we compete at golf why don't we co- Why don't we compete up with our tomato plants? Yeah, we, I think there was like there was a, Compe- a, mi- a mini game in like Mario. <laughs> right, it, it is. Grow well, the competitive gardening would be awesome. Like if yeah, all yeah. your boys in a group chat, you all had a tomato plant, yeah. and like every week you checked in on it. That would be hilarious, dude. That's brilliant. That actually. would be really fun. Like, yeah, especially if you added all the new tech for this. Sure. Where you have... Someone's gonna get like a automatic waterer, like yeah, yeah, ideal yeah. sunlight, yeah. and still lose to like right. you who just puts it in the sun yeah. at the beach. Because <laughs> miracle grow once a week. Because you could measure all the inputs, like you put the photo photovoltaic sensor, or whatever. Yeah. Like, dude, mine just got eighty. You guys are screwed in a month. Yeah. You know. Yep. Eighty. <laughs> that would be so fun but i i mean because they take what like 90 days to reach maturity almost three months so yeah progress isn't it's the gratification is very and then if you had enough people playing it too it could give you predictions on who they think will win or have a plan of size so then you could gamble on it as well yeah dude that would be <laughs> so hype competitive <laughs> botany gambling <laughs> It's every year. Do you like? If you ever go to the OC Fair and there's you go yeah, to like yeah. their section of largest pumpkin and stuff, and it's just some massive watermelon and pumpkin and things like that. I think those are hilarious. Yeah, roided out, dude. I think we're onto something with this one. Actually, we should pitch it to our friends. Yeah, you just gotta get the critical mass. It's so wait, actually, what would be a good plant to try this out that doesn't take that long to grow? Oh, that would also be kind of like a 
easy one to measure, I guess, by the end of it. It would be a, something in like the pepper family, or t- like the nightshade, like tomatoes. Okay. Uh, habaneros. No, maybe not habaneros. Maybe like. No, habaneros would work too. Um, peppers work really well in California. Okay. So once it's unless you fuck up and it dies within like the first month like the bell pepper we got one bell pepper and then we died i no idea why i was on a good watering schedule yeah just killed itself after giving me one bell pepper so like barring that you're like my mom grows tomato plants she kind of just puts the plant in and then a couple months later she's got five million tomatoes so she just has a good natural and you get tons of caterpillars too oh yeah yeah or horn worms. Hmm. I saw this meme. It was like the modern front yard or backyard, and it was like the trimmed yard, trimmed lawn, nice sidewalk, sprinkler system, and it showed in the corner like one ant under a magnifying glass, and then it showed like the uh, the old school yard. Where it was like all these like plants and vegetables growing, right? And it showed like the biodiversity under the same mag- magnifying glass it was like caterpillars and uh moss yeah the idea was like this is actually a way healthier for the right right, right. like like ecosystem for for things to be in i guess dude we should get some gardening boxes there's there's like a youtuber i mean there's probably a few now they he goes tries to go a whole year with only homegrown things yeah dude this would also be cool because eventually if it became popular people could just set up community gardens where they don't even have to do it right like on your block. That's probably right? the whole idea behind the community garden. Yeah, yeah, is. yeah, exactly. Where you just have, you know, like you don't want to have that many plants at your house, I guess. Right. Or you might not be able to. Space is an issue. I guess most young, uh, we all live in apartments, most of us do. So yeah. I guess, where's the, where are the third floor apartment boys going to put their tomato plant? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Get those hanging, hanging things. What right. we should do is just get get them all a plant, put it in our yard, and name it after them, and then we just race it for yeah. them. You know what I mean? Ra- yeah. Raise everyone's plant. No, I like this. Especially if you staged it. You could always have, you know, while one plant competition is going on, in two weeks you start the new competition with the new right. veggie, and you kind of have it all ongoing and scheduled checkups type, type deal. Who knows? Maybe that's that, that would turn out to be someone's passion. You know that crazy pepper guy who creates all the new spiciest peppers. Guys, guys, does he nut. like inject them with? He just he's breeding peppers with other peppers, and he's the one that makes like you know three million Scoville peppers. He's got a Netflix thing about this pepper eating contest that he puts on every year. It's pretty wild. It's actually a really fun watch. Okay, sidebar on that. So he breeds peppers with other peppers. So this is something I was it's, thinking. It's Mendel's peas, but 21st century That's, pepper yeah. growing. Okay, because I, I, I thought about this recently, and it somewhat blew my mind, but I, I was wondering if I was missing something to this idea. I guess, so you, the way you learn about evolution, right, it just makes it sound like, oh, one day we were monkeys, and then now Next we're this we're new species, yeah. right? Where I feel like that just doesn't sound complete. Where the reality of it, it's like more of a long-term progression. Right. So even like breeding the peppers, how much uh, attempted reproduction between the same species, or sorry, different species consistently finally yielded that new thing that right. you consider a different thing, right? You're right. 
So, like, how much interspecies erotica <laughs> is actually occurring? <laughs> yeah. so exactly. I walked up to hear that. <laughs> 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 Yo, what's up, David? On. David's popping in. I'm popping in. I'm way too tired. So, uh, wait, where were we just at with the interspecies? Well, because no. most people have Neanderthal in them. Right percentile fractions of percentiles yeah okay so maybe all the way they make it sound like though when you learn about this is one day like some magic (laughs) happened where a neanderthal breeded with another neanderthal and a mutation formed to create a new species of something similar right but like what if it was more progressive where like mutations just kind of formed and it wasn't as clear over time when the change you would like specify that this thing is different from this, right. yet they're still capable of breeding with each and other. And then they breeded this new thing that's closer to the new the or the latest version of that animal. And then at some point they just started interbreeding so much that they could no longer reproduce with the old thing that they came from. And then mm. so that's how you defined the new species, basically. Does that make sense? Right, 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 right. I mean, we're a victim of the timeline we are been around for. Because I feel like to go, I don't know the number, but actual species generate a creation from another species must be on the order of tens of thousands right. of years. But I guess the point is, is then it's, it's it not, just it's like mentally. a numbers game, right? In some ways, where if you have this many attempts of cells trying to like reproduce with each other, eventually it'll just be like, fuck, we got to try this out. And you know, like the Nazi doctor's experiments, like give you un- unlimited access to the animal kingdom and no ethics guides what you try and breed together. Yeah. So if we didn't have, I don't know, if we looked a little closer to like monkeys or something and enough humans like fucked a monkey, we could probably could create something new. Like, fuck the same kind of monkey, you know? It's, it's always just been my dream to create something new, right? And this is my chance. All I have to do is fuck many yeah. monkeys. Many. But they, they make it sound like it's incompatible. All right. So is it... I, actually, I guess, I mean, my I, I've read plenty of books on evolution now, and I, I now I'm, I'm kind Whoa. of stumped. Because if you... If you... Yeah, yeah. Origin of species is is one of the good ones. It's mostly about um, mammals and like primates and stuff. But if you, because in like the Galapagos Islands, they have these birds in different parts of the islands. It's the same species, but they've mm-hmm. completely adapted to different like different beak shapes, right? Or what, the finches. Yeah. Who's that? Who's the? Yes, Darwin's finches. Darwin's finches with all the, yeah the yeah. nine million different finches. Yeah. Um, there's a, that's a, are those still the same species of finch? I think so. So is that like an Asian versus a white dude? Or yeah, no, I think like it different is. Different features? I think it is. I thing. think it's the same species. They're just different types. So I... Okay, so Will, I, I think I was talking about this with Will, and he brought up the horse and mule problem, where it's like a mule is a breed between a donkey and a horse, right? But it's not, so it's like its own thing, and same with a horse and a donkey. They're their own things, but they're kind of related. But because they're reproduction doesn't quite year at work they yield this um like malfunctioned <laughs> fucking right. hybrid that is a mule that can't it can't reproduce you know so the question is is eventually if you keep doing this over a long enough 
because this is very new, right? Humans figured out how to make mules by, by trying this out. If you do this over a long enough time, well, eventually one mule be born that could give birth to more mules. Because then all of a sudden you've formed... But you would have, I guess that would be like a trial and error process. A lot of mules would be fucking. (laughs) A lot of donkeys and horses, and then eventually mules interfucking each other to see if they could, like, have cells that make them, like, reproduce themselves. Right. We got to get a, we got to get an evolutionary biologist up in here. (laughs) But, But I guess the reason I bring it up is you get my point where. Uh, no, I I, un- I understand what you're saying, right. It's probably more, like, in reality, how it works is more like that, where it's like a progressive, gradual trial and error thing rather than, an inc- like, total incompatibility, like, oh, yeah, you can't get a chimp pregnant. It's like, well, you might be able to over, like, a million years and you right. fucked enough chimps. <laughs> <laughs> the concept's hard for us to grasp because of the time, the scale, yeah, yeah, the magnitude yeah, exactly. of the time. It's just really hard to grasp. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, we'll name that one the mule donkey problem yeah the the mule horse problem yeah 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 i don't know david do you have any uh input on that on what exactly on uh top five animals you'd like to fuck (laughs) top five animals i'd like to fuck okay so I'm probably not going to be, like, actually attracted, so it's like, what is not going to hurt me, right? Yeah, just don't pick the porcupine. So probably, like, a fish without teeth that I can just butt face fuck. <laughs> <laughs> you're, not, you're, you're, not getting, you're not getting it pregnant. Yeah, that's, not, that's for pleasure only. <laughs> Holy oh, oh, he I, saw about this. So I, was, I thought I was just fucking. Oh, no. I'm trying to get something yeah, pregnant. You're making sweet love. Okay, that's also... Yeah, you're trying different. to operation create am new species. Am I lighting candles and making sweet love? Or am I trying to reproduce, like, mate with something? Or am I just trying to, like, fuck something? Mate. Did you... Mate. Reproduce. Reproduce. Yeah. Do you think that someone's, oh. uh, like, crossed to bear? Like, or not there, but they're, like, we haven't tried this crossbreed yet. You know, like, there's some dude out there crossbreeding everything just to check the boxes or do we know like beforehand are we able to look like genetically and go oh obviously not like on paper I mean it seems to be the case right it's just like a sliding scale the closer you are the more likely that you might yeah, yeah. something I, don't I wonder what the farthest so gap is probably start with like something close to human like a, someone from Mississippi <laughs> <laughs> yeah but are humans too complex like if you just get like fish I feel no, like I you think, could cross wait was that your question cross breeding different humans no 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 because there's only one species of human nice the cameras are on you right now Uh, no no okay i get it i'm kidding so no no yeah (laughs) um like a whale and a nematode or something like that how would that work exactly big whale (laughs) which one's the male (laughs) Uh, I that it always makes me think of like we're 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 discussing problems, right? You have like the trolley problem, and you've just introduced the horse mule problem. <laughs> what about the Sha- Shaquille and girlfriend problem? Uh, Shaq's uh, five Come foot on. tall girlfriend. 
Dude, that is as close now? as it gets to like inter- yeah. interspecies <laughs> sex right there, because that just cannot be easy. Yeah, well, that's a. Me. It's kind of. I mean, it's like Shih Tzu fucking a mastiff, you know. Oh yeah, why can't we? Why are dogs able to get the crossbred like no other? I it's. I mean, they all are descendants of wolves, and then somehow they got. Like, dogs are the old peppers, bro. Like, they used to mess with them like peppers. Just pepper Do you think it? there are certain breeds that just probably can't produce babies? Oh, there have to be. I feel be. like there's probably an obvious answer to that. I don't really know it. It's got to be the I pug. Guess, yeah, yeah, like a... It could a chihuahua give birth to a Doberman and be the baby mama, you know? <laughs> damn. <laughs> That's a damn long neck question. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you don't. See, yeah, for sure, because they. I'm sure some guy has tried, and you never see mixes like that. You know, I think that's why the poodle is so sought after as a breeding dog, because it's so, like, its ability to breed with something small and or big is. It's the right. double it's O good. blood. Of yeah, the yeah, dog yeah. World exactly. So you see all these poodle mixes with everything else. Also, poodles themselves are kind of like fucked up. So you gotta. Are they fucked up? I'm pretty sure. I think like a purebred poodle it has always has a lot of problems. Really. A yeah. lot of it's true of a lot of pure breeds. Yeah, like yeah. pure bulldog or something like I mean, that. Even labs have like awful hip issues. Yeah, you know? and they're like the tried and true standard fucking dog, right? That's like yeah, your, your archetypal dog. Um, what do you want to go on to next? Oh, are we, I, I wasn't, I wasn't, I forgot how we got here. I was trying to think of like what the initial <laughs> oh, no, we question talking, was. We, we, were, we were just talking about, we're going to form a community garden game basically. Oh yeah. Community garden game. Yeah. But then I, you were saying how some guy breeded peppers or something on a yeah, YouTube channel. Yeah. And that made me think about He's how. He's breeding the hottest peppers. Yeah. Yeah. So. That shit's cool. Like the, the spiciest peppers are all synthetic. They are, like, he's, yeah, he actually, I forget where his farm is. You can visit, but from his thing, he's allegedly has, like, a grown-in-the-garden 5 million Scoville pepper. Um, yeah, I mean, that would probably burn your stomach. I don't know. No, no, you, like, you handle that with a hazmat suit. Legitimately. Yeah, yeah, like that. Like he, yeah, he, he named the Carolina Reaper, I think. Cause he named, he gets like, he names all his peppers. Five million Scoville, what's the next closest? So like when you do like the hot ones challenge, the hottest hot sauce, it boasts like 1.9 million Scoville. So. So that's a little under three times. Yeah. But when, it, when it's that high, it's kind of hard to... Yeah, that's what I was saying. I don't point. think it's like a linear relationship between no. how you feel Well, it it's mostly like, you. at what point does are you actually just liquefying your insides and burning holes yeah. through your esophagus and your... Like, well, how, do, how does spice have that force, though? I thought the whole interesting thing of spice is it's a weird, like, neural pain and it doesn't actually damage any tissue. I don't think... I think... I think it is actual pain no because it's like capsaicin well isn't a scoville like how much it it's how much it how much water it takes to dilute one blah of that that. like it's one drop or whatever there's it's a a scoville the unit of it what we can look it up it's like how much maybe it's sugar water i don't know it's how much it takes to fully dilute but i thought the sensation of the pain is coming with how the spice is just reacting with um 
like your senses that hand like your taste senses you know and it's not actually doing any damage to your no 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 it's doing damage it can do a lot of damage i know synthetic heat there's like lab like 50 million 100 million scoville type things and they'll say like if you ingest this you will die because it'll like burn through you yeah Yeah, so it actually generates so the reaction is powerful exothermic enough yeah yeah well that's the weird thing because you don't you don't feel heat you feel spice feel pain it's true pain though yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why people get addicted, right? It's like any, uh, the, like the endorphins that flow through your head. You know those you people that like jerk off and like, you know, punch themselves in the face? Do you think there's a guy out there just housing habaneros? Oh, uh, like, no. Like, has to eat a one million Scoville pepper to get absolutely. a heart on? Absolutely. Yo, okay. I'm going to say this and I'm going to bed. But <laughs> get I a little went, closer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I went, I went to a pepper shop. In, uh, in New Hope, Pennsylvania, which is a small town. And I was talking to the guy there because he just ran this, like, pepper, like, mo- like a pepper shop. Right. Like, he just had all these crazy hot sauces and, like, all these peppers, like, including, you know, Carolina Reaper, ghost pepper, all this stuff. Right, just the classic bangers. Exactly. So I bought myself some ghost peppers. Before I did that, I just talked to him about it. And he said, like, yeah, he is regulars that come in because the high they get from the pain of ingesting a pepper is something they become addicted to. <sighs> yeah. Now, it might not be like, oh, shit, I have to have a fucking pepper every day. But there's, like, a true, like, chemical addiction there. Picture that AA meeting. Yeah, so that's, that's the difference, <laughs> I guess, that I'm thinking of. Is there's a chemical process that is a sensation of whatever this spice is with like your neural system you know that is distinct from other sensations like the heat but then i guess what you're also saying is at the same time this is reacting and releasing heat that could damage you yeah exactly okay like, at some point is enough to damage your insides right huh I, I there's only one time in my life where i felt that from eating something really spicy where i thought like like, I felt the internal pain. It was like when I ate a, a habanero hole, which was not Right. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the old... It definitely happened when we were at Travis's girlfriend's parent... Dad's house for yeah, the yeah, hot yeah. ones idea. Where, like, you, you just felt your insides are unhappy, and you don't really know what to do about it. Yeah. 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 Excuse me. What's, what's the Ponzi scheme thing? Okay. Okay, okay, okay. It has, it's like kind of a moral conundrum. Like, do you as a citizen have an obligation to your fellow man? So I'm in Costco. Mm-hmm. I'm in the back at the toilet paper, paper towel section. And there's an employee talking to another employee. It's like, they're just kind of chatting in the back. And I hear like, I hear one saying, another. he's like, bro, you put in 3000 then you know you come back in two weeks, it's ten thousand. You know, then you come back a month later, it's fifteen thousand. He's like, you just keep it in there, and it's you know, it's a hundred thousand after a year, right? I, that was kind of the scale this guy's talking about. And I'm just grabbing in this short amount of time, just grabbing my paper towels and my toilet paper. And the one guy goes like, yeah, he's like, he's like, dude, I already, I put in five grand, it's already at seven grand. That was like a few days ago. So it was like, it was obviously some form of Ponzi scheme, you know what I mean? Or mm-hmm. fi- financial scheme that was is unsustainable in practice so so the scheme was him 
Wait, sorry. What, what was it from? I don't actually know what the scheme was. Has somebody to do with paper towels? No, no, no. I just happened to be in the paper towels section <laughs> at Costco. And, and I mean, they might have. Oh, so you just overheard someone saying. I overheard an obvious pitch for an unsustainable financial yeah, product yeah, yeah. that sounded like you were going to lose your entire initial investment. Yeah. Um, and so in my head, I was like, I'm just kind of I'm like he was a Costco employee. I'm like, okay, this guy's not loaded, obviously. Yeah. You know, he's just he's just your, your average dude working at Costco. And I was like, man, should I like I in my head I'm like, oh, should I inquire about this? Like, ask this guy about this? Be like, ah, no scam, and then walk away, or should I, you know? So it's like a, a clever way to show the other person if you're not sure he realizes it that, that this is bad is foolish and a bad idea, yeah. and you're gonna lose your entire yeah. Like, is there a moral obligation Did I have expose a, the guy? Yeah, inside of that Costco. Nah, I definitely think no, there's not. But, uh, I mean, like, you got to maybe assume that they're just, like, co-workers. Like, this guy says this type of shit all the time. Right, that yeah. they're not... <laughs> they're not, like, serious. Doing it in a serious manner. Uh, but you could have fun with it and try that. If I had had more time, I would have been like, oh, wait, this sounds very exciting. Tell me more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or... Or you could say, if you want to be nice to both of them, because if one guy seriously sounded genuine in his interest in it, like he was doing it and he made money, right? you could, you want to be nice, be like, oh, dude, I did that and I got totally like washed, you know? Right. Because then you're saying, oh, I fell for this too. So you be careful, both of you be yeah. careful, basically. It's kind of like the where's the line that we discussed about with the cookie jar, kid with the cookie, like yeah, when yeah. is it your fault versus when is it the bad actor? You're yeah. right. When you're inside of the back of a Costco, it's not on you. Yeah. Also with that, there's kind of a chance that they could be fine kind of thing. Like they're scams, but they're they're not complete scams where they're illegal because the truth is... is Yeah, they're not total washes. Unless it is some cryptocurrency like you know, you get 20% a week and it's yeah. obviously I don't know. I, I, I almost, or I didn't almost, but I recently was approached by someone with a pyramid scheme. Okay. And I didn't know that's what it was at the time. And I just wanted, uh, I just responded to their message. And then I did a quick Google search and I realized it was. Right. But I was like, I haven't re- encountered one of these in a while. So I kind of wanted to hear what, like her out on it. So I actually had a call with her and to like discuss it and um i don't know i guess it was like it seemed like legitimate actual business but you're you're just like this is a waste of right time and you're you're actually just like someone's holding you know gonna be left holding the bag here yep. type type deal so yeah i mean they design them in that way so that no one's actually getting like sued or anything like that yeah, at what point do you trust the charlatan so much and it's like the ground floor of that scheme that you can, you're like, I'm going to give you money because I know, like, I tr- I believe in you to scam more people than me and I'll make money. Yeah. I think that was a Bernie Madoff. He had a, I mean, I don't know if you can call it a friend, but there was this banker that made hundreds of millions with Bernie. Yeah. And he would put in, like... You know, give him a hundred million and take out four hundred, and then put it. You know what I mean? But he ended up way on top, yeah. and it was. You have to think he knew, and was just yeah calculating Dude. his risk. Yeah, I don't know. This is actually so many things that even people wouldn't say are directly pyramid schemes. Like, I honestly even think this about like the venture capital industry mm. in general too. 
like a lot of those companies that they ultimately cashed out on they IPO'd and they've done no favors for the end shareholders. You know? Right. They're unprofitable. Yeah, yeah. So tech businesses with inflated. Exactly. So they just pump up their cash. value. Eventually the exit strategy is to like go public. But if they're not a profitable or legitimate business model, then you just have to get people to buy in that they might be someday. Right. And you could cash out. American dream. Yeah, the American dream. I think Tim Tim Dill made a joke about that. It's like he was, if something was like failed or so. I don't know if it's the SBB. He's like, yeah, this is the problem with America. The only way we get out of a hole is we need a new scam, man. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh yeah, because he was a housing, like he was the one, one of those guys who did those long. You remember in the Big Short where there's right. like those dudes like, yeah, I just sold like three houses to two strippers or some shit like that. The liar line was what it was, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he, he that was his job. But what is it? Reddit every once in a while will have like because they joke about the eighty-four month car loan. I guess I, I don't know. I I didn't actually read into it, but I guess there was like um, there was approval for a forty-year mortgage. Because um, right now it's like usually a thirty or twenty-year. Yeah, yeah. And they've approved like the idea of the forty-year mortgage, so you yeah. pay like you know a few hundred extra on principal or on interest over time, and it was. The joke's like, you can't just keep kicking this can, this mortgage can down the road. Like, at at some point, you know, it's going to be a 90-year mortgage. Dude, if you think that's bad, you know the British Empire, at the height of their, like, imperial status, you know? They had indefinite bonds that they would sell to people. Mm. Like, it's like, if you had this bond, it gets paid out forever, basically. Right. Like, whoever holds this bond. I'm literally unsustainable. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I forget what ended that, but it, it goes God, up to the highest. Could you think if you were an economic genius 250 years ago, without any information around the world, you could have gotten away with anything? Well, I mean, when they are the world superpower, I guess you could get people to buy into the idea that they'll always, always be the be world. That. You know what I mean? <laughs> so then they'll always have a treasury that could support paying off payments and growth right. type idea. So. I don't know though. Um, this the Ponzi schemes kind of extend to the top, I guess. <laughs> we should be a part of one someday. Yeah. I don't know how I'd form. Maybe we could do it integrate it with the guard. No, we got to keep that pretty pure. Yeah, we gotta. We can't <laughs> bastardize the growth of the tomatoes. Yeah. Um. Should we get into the Play-Doh? Yeah, let's let's do it. Sure, do you have to go to the bathroom first? I do not. Do you? Yeah, I kind of do. Okay. Go for it. Yeah, I think I, oh, I think I was paying too much attention to the audio. Right. I should have been more. No, no, it's fine. Of not no red. Do you, turn- do you think uh, uh, the the equivalent of like you shoot a porno and you're like, ah, oh, shit, the camera wasn't rolling. <laughs> that was just sex. Like, yeah. <laughs> That was just violent. I, that's had to have happened in that industry, obviously. Like, oh, shoot. <laughs> well, actually, that's pretty gnarly because... Okay, this is gets, this is kind of a dark idea, but if the pornographer... Basically, part of the contract was, like, you get paid for filming something, mm. and then the intention was to film it, but then it didn't get filmed... You don't and then get they, paid. And then they don't pay. What would that be considered? 
Interesting. Something Was makes that me no, think no the longer? California courts might uh, err on the side of the performer. Yeah, and yeah. Not the... <laughs> Yeah, don't want don't want to have that happen, especially if that's like what fucking people did just to, you know. Yeah, you'd tell you'd hope the industry would protect itself enough from bad actors like that. Yeah, and if yeah, that yeah. were to happen one time, they'd be like, no, no, no. Yeah, the pornographers' union or something like that. Yeah, those upstanding citizens. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, uh, so. This episode two, Troy and I were, were planning on discussing the allegory of the cave. Did you have you read that before today, by the way? Or no, um, you hadn't. Had you heard about it? I think I've heard of some of the ideas, but not. What did you know about it before? I guess I not a lot. Like I, I, I. When you said it, I was like, "That rings a bell," but I didn't know a lot. Nothing. I would say okay. then, for all yeah. intents and purposes. Well, now it's a popular meme, I think, where they show the... Is it? Well, kind of. They show, like, an illustration of Plato's cave, and then they put in, like, big text what each kind of character in the Here, cave and up. stage of the cave may represent in modern times. Wait, let me look up this meme. Okay. Guys literally live in apartments like this and don't see the problem, and it's them in the cave. Okay. Wait, let me see. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's that's the thing. Right. Yeah. So. <laughs> okay. I've never seen this meme before. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. No, the reason why I actually thought about it is because what we were talking about last pod, where we were discussing... Um, well, a couple things, but one of them was like, what is the game that people are playing and like why, I guess. And this is somewhat of a theme, suppose, or in the cave. It's, it's like much bigger, but um, I guess that's like the, 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 the game would relate to the people in the cave looking at the shadows, but um, I guess I could just start by... So you you know it's from like the Republic of Plato, right? Yeah, Plato. Yeah, and it's probably like the most popular, uh, I guess, subsection in that whole philosophical text. Um, and I mean, I haven't read the whole Republic or whatever, so this is gonna we'll, we'll see how we do. But <laughs> um, so I guess like the pretext, like leading up to that part of the book. Um, it's like a Socratic dialogue or whatever written by Plato and what's going on in Athens at the time is a lot of like moral decay, right? Right. So what they're thinking about is how could we re-educate basically the population to kind of like solve our moral decay problem. Um, and then at the same time, like there's the Peloponnesian War going on in Greece and Socrates at some point like points out like a three-part solution of like how how you would actually like solve this problem of like re-education and the first one is like the abolition of the family the second one is like re-equality uh, or sorry 
uh, equality of women in the society. And then the third one is you would have either philosopher kings or kings that become philosophers. And that's like the one that is probably the kind of like the most abstract, right? Like how do you, I guess, enlighten a philosopher king to come to be, to then be educated enough to know how to like organize and set up the society in the first. So the Republic is like designing the utopian society type deal. Right. Um, which I guess now it's kind of interesting because a lot of people might say we live in this time where this conversation would be relevant because it's like, you know, morally what's going on with, with, you know, everything type deal. Um, but yeah, then that leads into the cave where Plato is speaking to Glaucon, or sorry, not Plato, Socrates <coughs> is speaking to Gla Glaucon, who's like Plato's brother, and like that's what they're essentially discussing. So that's like the, the uh, preliminary start to it. Um, but yeah, what, did you get through the whole thing? Or I, I, like, I have ideas of, of... What it all represents. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like... I don't know what you're what you're looking to discuss. No, no, no. So, all right, all right, I or guess like what your idea is. No, no, no. So, hmm. let's see. So, just correct me, or I'll I'll just survey. I guess the the allegory, or I'll try to. Okay. I'll try my best. Um, so the idea is is you start like you're born and you start. Uh, from childbirth, you're chained in this, like, cave beneath the ground, right? Right. And your, kind of, your neck is fixed where you're just looking at one wall where there's shadows on the wall. Uh, that That's basically your reality is looking at these shadows on the wall. You don't really know what they're coming from. And then also noises are being associated with whatever the shapes of those shadows are. Right. And what the shadows are actually coming from are there's a wall behind the people who are chained up and... Um, it's other people who are also in the cave that are in front of a fire holding up our artifacts, which aren't the actual things. They're not the actual animals that are being projected. They're just artifacts of what those would be um, that the people are basically watching. Uh, and like those, I think, are called the puppet masters or something, right? Right. And then... Uh, Beyond that, there's the ascent up into like the actual real surface world where the sun and the, then, sun, you yeah. know, the reality and, and this is like, you know, being outside of the cave, outside of like that simulated reality that's like like down down underneath the the ground. Yeah. Um, and at some point also, then he goes into discussing, okay, so that's like the cave setup. What happens when one person escapes the cave and like, the first point is uh, you can't really escape the cave without being kind of pointed out that you're in the cave in the first place, right? Right. So you can't realize that you're being, like, your reality is being distorted unless you kind of come to the realization externally that it is. Right. And so at that point, you would then turn around from being chained up or, or someone releases your chain, right? And you're even blinded by the fire because that's not even something you've looked into. The flame itself, yeah. The flame itself. So you, you can't even see yourself. You do, you're, you're totally thrown off, which is painful. So, like, waking up to the fact that, like, it's almost more pleasant to be just lost in, like, the shadow the shadow world or, or something like that, Be right? behind the wall. Yeah, and then 
if you were to continue the ascent, eventually you go up to the surface world, right? And the same kind of blindness is replicated because now your world is illuminated by the sun and you know, you eventually are exposed to like the trees and animals and the heavens and all this other stuff um, that is actually present in the reality. And I guess also the other point of that like Plato is trying to get across is like that is like the whole purpose of the philosopher king and going through this exercise in the first place is exploring like what that means and like to get to that point of being the philosopher king understanding like what the whole concept of like the good and uh uh like justice are in the first place like you would realize once you get to that point oh actually the sun is the thing that's giving me light in the first place which then is just being um you know uh reproduced in an artificial way by this fire underground and that was my my reality before so um it's almost like you can't even understand that you're finally seeing the light without putting it into perspective of your past out in the caves because now you're comparing the sun and what you're able to see to right you know versus if it was the other way around if you're if you started up above the ground and then you went down in the cave you'd be like oh this fire is providing me light and which is similar to how the sun you know was, was yeah. before uh and then this is actually probably the most interesting part uh that i thought so then the idea is okay well you're not going to stay uh above the ground or i mean some people might if they found just bliss and finally being escaped from the cave in, like, what is reality, I guess. Right. Uh, if you were to go back down and try to explain this to people, they would immediately be turned off to, like, no, what are you saying? You know what I mean? Like... They'd think you're crazy. Exactly. And even to the point where you would you would get killed. That's, that's the most interesting part. Yeah. Well, like... Well, the idea... Like, people were saying, like, you could be... Or, well, the, not people were saying... The, the idea that you were, you're blinded by the sun, so... If you were to come back and tell people, they might think that it's something that's hurt, going to hurt them. Right. Right. Yeah. And on top of that, in the text, he says, not only are you blinded from the sun when you go out, you're actually blinded by the darkness and the shadows when, when you, you go come back, back in, in. Which gives people that are still chained up the opportunity to ridicule you for being like, oh, look, this guy can't even see, right. see what's going down. And he also brings up how... As people, as humans, when we're in that state of just in the cave looking at the wall to kind of make our existence bearable, what we're not going to do is just watch the shadows and associate them with whatever. We're going to almost play these games where there might be a game playing, for example, for both looking at the wall and the shadows like popping up. Like, who's the best at discerning which shadow is which and what is going to come up next in this thing right and so then if you came back down and be like hey this game is totally obsolete like there's actually a reality with real shadows from a sun yeah they would just be like dude you suck at this this is the thing we're doing you know what i mean we're, we're looking at this wall type thing and so you'd immediately <coughs> just be kind of like brushed off as like a crazy person yeah. or just not <laughs> uh not like getting with the program i suppose um which, yeah, now I guess I just kind of think, like, that particular point, it's almost like, uh, I don't know, I think, it, I think it relates to, like, the conspiracy-minded person in a way. The conspiracy and religious. 
yeah. maybe and cultish. Like if you're not in the inside of whatever people are, um, uh, what's it called? Currently accepting as like this is like the acceptable way of thinking and approaching right. life. Like if you're outside of that a little, even if what you're trying to say is true or good or whatever, whatever it is that it represents, then it will just be brushed off. Even if you're like the one person right. that escapes. Um, but yeah, uh, it kind of like the, the 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 familial aspect of like being Amish. Yeah, that's kind of like what like it kind of draws me like that idea like. I mean, I get, I, you know, all this other th- stuff exists. Why live in this? Yeah. Well, that's the other interesting part is there's two ways to approach it. Like, say you exited the cave and you experienced reality, right? Right. Which you could say this happens to everyone at different points in their life where their way of doing some things or their way of thinking about things were kind of disrupted by this new insight that totally like shook up the world. Yeah. You have like two options of how or three, let's say three, you just like keep it to yourself and just like stay above ascent, like on the mountaintop, on the mountaintop by yourself. Or you could kind of try to come back down and almost disrupt the whole system, in which case you're you're risking basically being killed by other people who don't want to be shunned public. Exactly. Because what happened to you when you first tried to go, you turned to the fire, you looked into it and you felt all this pain. Right. That, you know, it would be hard to convince a lot of people who hadn't experienced that to go through. Or it would be like your other choice is, okay, maybe I just want to go back down and convince maybe like one or two people to like try yeah. to exit and see if, you know, you could bring people to your new perspective, I suppose. If you were to go back to like 17th century ex- explorers, yeah, you, you're on a ship and your your new world is your sun. Yeah, and most people don't come back from those. Right. So it's like you could think of that as a well, back- it's like Schrod- Sch- Schrodinger's son. Like if if you're there, you're gonna stay there, and if not, you're dead anyway. But you're gone. Yeah. Well, so I think what you're actually touching on too is this idea that your ability to leave the cave and also re-enter is almost a function of how populated those people who are chained up looking at the wall and whatever it is they're preoccupied doing at the time. Right. Because back then, there's probably more, like a higher percent of people who are trying to go to the new world to like see the sun. That's true. Because where they're, like the cave they were in before was not... The cave sucks. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's bugs in this yeah, cave. Yeah, yeah. There's like no plumbing. On yeah, this no, it's it's a really bad cave. Yeah, no. So if, if the cave has like your basic needs, your needs are met in yeah, the yeah. cave, it's a lot harder to leave your cave. The cave has your basic need. Basically, the simulation of the shadows is so uh, immersive that you have like it makes it even harder to turn around, which might describe like why. In modern times, this problem's like a lot different in the past, or it got progressively. You know what I mean? I guess like the narratives that like surround reality itself 
are like more potent people, you know? Were people trying to get to the new world in droves? Like in well, the beginning? I mean, I think they're mostly incentivized by like rulers and stuff who wanted to colonize, but. Uh, and then also like the religious aspect, like the persecution. Yeah, I would really like to go back to that time and hop in someone's shoes and just kind of right. get the mindset. But but in that framework, you would say then people are more willing to leave the cave and try to drop their chains because there's not like as much cohesion between the other people in the chains, right? Like some person's this religion, the other person's this. Right. So like when they're looking at the shadows, they're not seeing the same thing. Mm. So it's like one of those parties is going to win, which will then make the other party more open to dealing with turning around, looking at the fire, and, like, making their ascent. Yeah. Type deal. You can really extrapolate the cave out to a lot of modern life. Yeah. Which, honestly, I, by the way, what, what we've been saying, I don't think it's, like, the main point of it, but it, it's it's interesting to compare. Like, the, I guess the, we're talking more about, like, the process of, like, and like right. exiting. And <laughs> right, 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 right. Um, but, yeah... The traditional way that it gets interpreted, at least the shadows, are like, what are the actual shadows and, like, what do they represent, you know? Like, hmm. Like, how is your reality being distorted by the puppet masters kind of idea, you know? Uh, so, in this frame, or in the actual, like, literal context, you're, you're seeing a dog on the wall, a shadow of a dog, but it's not actually a dog, it's just a... A figure being held up by some, some guy yeah who wants you to believe it's a dog so you stay preoccupied with it um, but like the real dogs <coughs> are on the surface so like that those those parties like the people who are um chained up like who what do they what are they represented by the people who are like showing the dog what is that represented by and then also i guess the idea is enlightenment is to understand, like, actually what dog, like, a dog is, yeah. is, is the surface type of phenomenon or something. Um, but, yeah, the, I mean, that's, like, a more literal, like, you could say, uh, I don't know, yeah, like, religion falls into that category uh, where, like, you're presented a certain view of God as sh the shadows. Well... It's also interesting because wherever you are within the cave, you're still dealing with your reality at the time. Yeah, no, you're, everyone's still in the cave. That's the other weird part of it, right? Yeah. So the puppet masters who, they clearly have a different status in this cave. They're not outside the cave, you know what I mean? So like they're distorting the reality of someone else, but they themselves are not at the surface. Yeah. So why would they choose to do that? You know? Yeah, what's the point? Or do they even know know that they could leave themselves type of idea? Um, also, like, uh, yeah, there's, there's, uh, you don't, like, you don't know who that first person, I guess, who presented the fact that they were all in the cave like, you can't hone it down to one person, you know what I mean? Who who started, like, who basically tapped the guy on the shoulder and be like, hey, bro, you got you to gotta check this out, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It would take one person to just kind of randomly say, hey, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go check out, 
like this way, mm-hmm. way type ideal. Um, yeah. I don't know the. The double blindness aspect of it too is kind of, kind of weird. Where, like physically, that actually happens. Like when you exit a dark area and you go to the light, you yeah, can't see any movie. Go have any movie theater, walk out of one. Yeah, yeah. Or you come back down and then you also can't see. Yeah. Where, uh, it's like. No matter what reality or your your perspective is. There's like a, a a point where you have to actually like accept that you're now going to accept this new, you know, new way of viewing something. Right. So. Um, it's not like. It's not like going one way is easier than the, the other, I suppose, which probably makes it so people who uh, are, are sort of trapped in whatever state they are, whether the puppet master or the, uh, or the, you know, chained up person, they're just like, I'm just going to stay, stay doing whatever role I'm supposed to be doing, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. I, I bet you the shadows though, like the shadows are probably, I don't know. It's almost, sometimes I think, what if the sh- like what are the things that we just kind of think like we don't even question i guess like your ideas of i guess i, I mean he addresses like what's the idea of the good where does that even come from you know or what's just or what is um like all that is like a projection from what was like like ingrained in you when you were a child, you know what right. I mean? Like if we lived in this alternate cave, basically this other uh, kind of state or existence where there wasn't like a, a base framework of like what's moral, how would that actually? Like, we'd be basically in a whole new cave, I suppose. Like there's an alternate universe where the morality, like our mor- morality that we're projecting onto the wall is like completely different yeah you know uh where yeah you might um like different things might you know make you laugh than actually what's like making you laugh based on like what is being shown by the puppet masters at that point um but yeah Like, if you're, if you leave, so the idea, if you were at Chained and you, this person coming back were to die because of the mob. Yeah. It would decentivize anyone else coming back. Right. So. Also, is it like enlightenment supposed to be found like outside of group? I think is so. Is that part of like the but, idea? But it's also, yeah, it, it's your enlightenment. It's is personal. Yeah, it's supposed to be found 
but it also is saying you can't just find it on your own. You need that external nudge to push you in that direction. And you just need to have like the resilience to go through the process, I suppose. Right. Like it's starting from the base assumption that someone is, or sorry, not someone, but a system is placing us all in this cave. Yeah. And this system also is controlling the projections and who is a part of which part. And uh, I guess depending on whatever the system is, like that all kind of shifts this type of idea. Which probably, like through time, you know, like I, I, was, I heard this, or I was about this book downstairs. Um, and I think the main theme of it is like a lot of our moral, um, like a lot of our moral framework comes actually from like the Christian tradition right. forming in the first, or sorry, like 2000 years ago, right? Like actually we, we like to have this bias that people before that had the same kind of morals, but actually, you know, they didn't, you know, they might've totally, you know, viewed like asceticism and charity and uh, like philanthropy and, you know, uh, friendship and all these like underlying concepts like totally differently you know mm. um, in which case I guess that would mean they're in a different cave uh, where the rules are, are, are a bit different you know right and like how they view those those things so you you kind of are like no matter what you're never truly enlightened in that sense you're, you're being controlled because because just like even once you, you know, make your exit, even if you see the, the real dog, you'll only, your mind, right, it will not see it as this new thing. It will associate it with some, like a shadow you saw before down there mm. and what you associated that with at that time. I'm not sure if that makes sense. No, that one, that one's not that good. So, <laughs> like... <laughs> If the dog didn't pop up as a shadow and you, you, you reached the surface and uh, you experienced the actual dog. Right. Then it would be this new thing. New you have experience. To, a new experience you. that you'd have to deal with and be like, what is this, you know, new thing that's presented? But the idea is even when you reach the surface, there's, you know, a fire that is basically simulating the sun. So when you see the sun, you're associating it with the fire or you see this animals that you're associating with the shadow. So you're not like, you know, your mind is still adulterated with all those experiences from the cave, which were being controlled by the system that you're originally a part of, which means even once you're enlightened, like you can't fully escape like your past reality of your experiences in a way. Right. Okay. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I guess the role of the philosopher king, though, then, would be somehow getting past that, which might be impossible. <laughs> yeah, I think Plato, actually, he believed that, um, I don't know if this is, like, true. You could look it up, but he kind of um, separated it between, like, there's, like, truth in, like, the body and the mind or something like that, where... Like, you're constrained as a human by what you, your, your, like, worldly experiences are, but your mind is actually, like, this free thing that can 
be be changed if you if like present it with the right uh, the right experiences to sort of change you know your mind towards reality. But uh, yeah, I'm not I'm not completely sure. So what uh what caves I guess, or what what do you think exists now that might be similar to like the cave structure? I mean, like prevailing political sentiment. Yeah, hundred percent. It's an easy one. Um, but it implies there is some enlightenment, though. Yeah. Yeah, it implies. Uh, it also implies that no matter what, we will still prefer to be in the cave. Right. The, the cave is... Yeah, regardless, you want to be in the cave. Yeah, because the, even the puppet masters, they choose to be there. Um, almost like that, the reality of humans is we can't live with just like, as, you know, an aggregate in a true enlightened state and actually like cohesively be managed. Like, whoever set up or whatever system set up the fact that there'll be puppet masters, there'll be people chained up to the wall, and there'll be this uh, mechanism of projecting a specific reality, like, no matter what, who can escape from that, they'll be ultimately, like, drawn back to it, I guess. Or put it into a different cave. Or put in, yeah, or go back to a different cave yeah. where, where they, they, yeah. Uh, I guess because what enlightenment would look like is a very odd person. Yeah. In the modern sense, it'd be a bizarre human being. It'd basically be like a total ascetic person who, you know... Uh, you're outside of all tribalism. It's someone who lives like on the way to yeah. Bishop, California, and you look <laughs> left and you just see one house and you yeah. go, you've escaped the cave, young man, yeah. you know? Yeah, maybe even like just culture in general is kind of a cave because you can feel like based on how you're raised, like you have certain habits, you know, like Americans, we have like our tendencies and all this and we feel comfortable in a specific environment because that's the environment we were. And like, for example, when I moved abroad, like the reality is it was, st I was still a human. I was still in a different country, you know? Right. But it didn't feel like it. Separate set of values. It was a separate, separate thing. Separate set of yeah. social, yeah. So why. Responsibilities. Yeah. So from that, I was compelled to be like, okay, at some point I got to retreat back to the, the f thing I'm familiar with, you know? <laughs> but if, you know, people from China or America or. Uh, Africa, whatever. If, if if that culture was kind of like abolished, I guess. Yeah. Could we cohesively exist in, you know, the enlightened world outside of that? Probably not. You know what I mean? Like that. Those caves serve a purpose. Those like structures serve yeah. a purpose in some way. I guess Newport Beach is my cave. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's a pretty good one to be in. Yeah, it is. Worst <laughs> case. <laughs> uh.
Yeah. No, it's a it's an interesting like thought experiment though. Um. Does it didn't really go much into like like did it go in like much discussion outside of it like scholarly about like the human condition of belonging? I th- and like not so, like social creature. Not really. I think it wanted to, or I think the text doesn't like to do that because it wants to, I think, focus on, like, the individual's journey and experience. Okay. The only part that stood out to me where they talk about that is when you re-enter the cave. And if you're trying to, you know, describe what you experience, then it's, you know, you're immediately met with some sort of, like, antagonistic... uh, like you know motion from the rest Response, of the people yeah. yeah yeah so but yeah i mean in some ways like i don't know maybe it kind of goes back to where uh like we were talking about before where if you had people feel like they discovered on their own without being uh tapped on the shoulder like that you're in a cave type of thing yeah then that would also work but like how that actually happens in practice using it as a marketing strategy yeah (laughs) Uh, like the puppet masters would have to probably do that which in which now who are the modern puppet masters it's probably most of like the media and whoever the cultural influences are that make us kind of look at the shadows in the way that we do. Right. So if those people at some point also as a unit decided, you know, how do we manipulate the shadows to make them kind of stop looking at the wall and look at the state that they're actually in, uh, then that would work. But the problem with that is how do you create that incentive from that group? And, you know, you, I guess you would have to do... The, it would be like a uh, circular thing because then they would have to realize the exact same thing and want to leave the cave and also be enlightened to not... To think that, oh, you know, not all of us should be in the cave at all. Or in, none of us should be in the cave at all, I guess. Yeah, but... Uh, yeah, you, all everyone has... You can't... Everyone can't not be in the cave. Everyone can't... Everyone... Ha- you can't... Everyone must be in the cave. That is not a... That's not like a straightforward conclusion, but I think that is the conclusion. That's what I... That's what I, I conclude, I think. Like, you would have to do the um, counterfactual of, okay, what is... What does the organization look like if... Um, they're not in the cave and they all start out... You know, what are the puppet masters doing in the enlightened world... And what are the people who would be looking at the shadows doing in that same on the surface right. type of ideal? But I bet you that structure wouldn't be able, even be able to be formed. So that's the kind of problem. Yeah. Hmm. Maybe that's the why elites kind of want to create these games in the first place. <laughs> but yeah, that no, actually, that was the other. That was the thing that reminded me. By the way. What? I just remembered. Because we were talking about that last episode. Oh, the... Like, what are the elites actually doing to kind of, uh, I guess, 
like retain power yeah and keep everyone else preoccupied with and so but at the same time that's the that might be the ultimate like maybe you actually want to be like you all right sorry this is i'm thinking Aside. out loud yeah. in my mind what i'm what's going on in my mind is not Being coming out of my mind. <laughs> okay would you or i'll just put it as a question would you rather be a puppet master or looking at the shadows I get more responsibility falls on the puppet master. Does it though? It's not like you're getting, you're kind of just doing something different. You're, you're presenting the shadows to what everyone else is looking at, but you're still in the cave. Right. So you have a, you have a more defined role, I guess. Yeah. I mean, you have to choose the puppet master. I think I, if it were those two options, I would choose being chained up. Because then you could, like, ignorance is bliss, I guess, is the idea there. Do you think the puppet master knows just too much? Well, no, this is the problem. I think the puppet master might know more than he, th or he thinks he knows more than he actually knows. Right. Because he's still in the cave himself, you know? Like, he might have just been born from another puppet master, and his parents basically instructed him on how to hold these artifacts to kind of cement his role and they explained it to him what he was doing but so that gives him this false sense of enlightenment in a way where you know he thinks that he's like i don't know higher in the hierarchy or something like that okay. but he also still doesn't know what is reality so it's almost like he is more uh um misled than the actual people who are just, you know, being misled by the shadows that he's creating. Right. In a way. I mean, ignorance is bliss. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and also, on that note, if you have that kind of role, you're probably way less likely on the off chance to have that moment where you're, you know, compelled to go try something new, I guess. It's... It... It's, your life is copacetic enough to where you won't take the risk. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. Like, have you, or, there's this one, or it's kind of along this idea, maybe it's not completely related, but I heard this one, like, psychological uh, idea where, um, I guess I heard it from someone, it was like the pretty good job trap type idea, right? So imagine your potential as, like, a human you know, has a limit or something like that. Right. But you would have to kind of make changes in your life to be able to uh, realize those that would disrupt your current, like, level of comfort and... Your status quo. Yeah, your st whatever your status quo is. And the argument goes, there's actually, like, jobs that are kind of tr more of a trap because they're pretty good, but you're less compelled to kind of go out on a limb and try try that new thing so the idea is you're better off if like your job was shit you know like you you like hated your boss you know you had to you're doing all this task because, right because you'll go grab risk you'll yeah risk else exactly yeah. yeah so it's like if you're chained up and all you're doing is just like looking at a wall maybe that gives you at least the attitude where at some point you'll be have like a greater incentive to like psychologically try to you know switch it up and, right you'll have this fuck this moment yeah. Huh. 
another way to, that that person put it or someone else did it's like it's more concrete um say you decided to live in an apartment because it was like half a mile from a grocery store or something and so that distance is walkable so you, you never feel like you should ride your bike or drive um but if you live like two miles away every time you just be like i'm just gonna drive which you would get there in like you know 10 minutes maybe or right eight minutes but the walk takes you like you know, 12 or 15. Actually, you're saving time by living further away from the grocery store because mm. you're like taking a new approach on how you how you get there. Right. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, dude, I, I, I feel quite often that I might be in the pretty good job. <laughs> <laughs> like the best way forward is just be like, fuck, like, how do I remove every level of, of comfort? So, yeah. I mean, I also, I if you know you're on the pretty too pretty g- good job phase, you can. I mean, if you have the realization of it, then you can at least understand you need to take more risk. Right. It's just harder to do because you're risking the right the status quo, which is not that bad. You know, it's the I guess the weighing of risk reward. Um. We have nothing to lose. You'll just go and be like, say, screw it. Yeah. I mean, everyone's different. I feel like we're all in the not a lot to lose category. I mean, we do and we don't. Like, yeah. Perspective wise, I feel like we don't, or we have like we don't have that much to lose. Like. No, no. Yeah. I, I don't know. I I want to um. I don't know. I, I find it also just fascinating. I think we were like talking about this with the Bible, but uh, too these old ass texts, like out, they seem to just like totally map to now, you know? Right. Like what the, the whole Republic starts with is he's compelled to write it because, like, oh, Athens seems like it's in moral decay, and how do we solve this with like a different form, like a different system of governance and you know, what do you do with the population type idea? Right. Like, this is what, like, pretty much all of politics is, like, focused on these days. Which makes you think that it just actually, there is no solution. It's just recycling of the same ideas <laughs> over and over again. Yeah, which, I don't know, maybe that might have been Plato's point, is uh, actually, well, no, I think he actually believed that in, like, the idea of a republic or something, but I don't know, who knows? <laughs> <laughs> that if you if you demonstrate through this allegory that no matter what people are going to like retreat back to the cave you can't. i mean i think a, a rather negative aspect of it is it is it almost impl- like i would say be more selfish and do like your what you want that's very randian of you <laughs> <laughs> no no expand though L- I mean, you're in a you're gonna be in a cave anyway. Yeah. What do what makes you enjoy the cave? In yeah. the cave, um, you know, hop between caves, or you know, regardless of that. Y- yeah, I don't know. I, I no, I, I know. It's kind of a I, cynical view. Maybe, no, I no, almost. I think I think this is what a lot of major religions basically preach, is. Like, you have to understand that you're, like, constrained as a human with your options. Like, it's not like you could become a god or something like that. Right. You you can't transcend, 
like the transcendence just reaches a limit at some point where at some point you just have to have a relationship with like yourself and your own existence and reach enlightenment you that have way. to come to terms with yourself yeah, yeah and yeah. your morale or yeah your humanity yeah um right which maybe play but plato also agrees with that because he's not actually advocating for everyone to go through this process he's only advocating for like the rulers too you know mm. like the idea of the philosopher king like yeah he, he, you know it's not like he's advocating for fucking people chained up to bone rush the circle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah you gotta bling out your chains bust out the chains because you can waste so much time in your chains. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, dude. No, we're... Uh... Dude, the chains, though, have gotten so, like, complex. <laughs> <laughs> they are. They really are. Uh... Dude, sometimes now when I, like... I don't know. Maybe it's just getting older. Even... Uh... Like, I'll watch videos online, and I know what they're trying to do, but my mind will just, like, kind of reject certain things. Like, like sensationalize stuff, you know? Like, I was watching a video. It was, it was Israel Adesanya, and he was, like, talking about his fight coming up on Saturday. Okay. And it's against this guy he's lost to, like, four times. And, you know, he's promoting the fight. He's, like, hyping it up. Yeah. And it's just great. Like, you know, he's the pinnacle athlete in this sport. But it's like sensationalized in a way where it's trying to get everyone to like sort of buy into this event. And you're just kind of thinking, or at this point, I'm like, I remember a time in my life where I'd be like, oh, this is like hyping me up. Right. But now it's like, oh, dude, like, you know, uh, what's the point? Kind of. Yeah. <laughs> like, you're just going to fight this guy and win or lose. It doesn't really. Like, the fight's already happened. It doesn't matter. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, exactly. You're going to go to a future point where the fight's over. What, what are we really even fighting for type idea? Uh, we're just promoting, um, we're promoting, like, a discrete shadow, going back to the, the analogy or whatever, mm -hmm. the allegory. You're, like, promoting this shadow as more significant than just everything else that's actually going on in the cave at that moment. Right. Including, you know, your life and, you know, where you stand at that instance in time. Right. Uh, but the truth is, is, like, it's just another, you know, another, like, fleeting uh, period. I don't know if that's depressing, actually. Or, or good. <laughs> more so depressing. But if you don't realize that, maybe you can't, like, it makes it more difficult to not pay attention to. You, you know? can still sit there and, and enjoy your shadow. You can. But... What, what, how do you think WWE started? <laughs> all right, all right. So my, my argument, though, is I guess maybe you'll enjoy the whole process. Like what you were saying, you'll be more... Um, you'll, make, you'll find it easier... Uh, to deal with, like, the full picture if you're not, like, buying into, like, that shadow. Right. Passing across at any, you know, and getting, like, because then your life just turns into, like, oh, this thing happened, and this thing happened, and this thing happened, yeah. and this, and then, I, you know, you die. Very linear. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, 
but yeah. Should that be like our daily regimen? What going to cave? We we look we we have our cave like we understand. <laughs> Would that improve our lives? Our lives? You mean understanding whenever we're looking at a shadow or not? No, no, it, sure. Okay. The problem is, I think maybe everything could be a shadow. Yeah, at some point. Yeah, I guess so. Like, what's all right? What are the fundamental things? that it would be hard to argue that it's just like not like it actually is true and good and just that it's not a shadow that it is like fundamental to the human experience i suppose like love is probably one of them and like friendship i guess or like camaraderie maybe well actually that might fit into it because it's not like you're in the cave by yourself you're you're still like altruism friendship like that those those things you're experiencing with the other people next to you in the chains right they have nothing to do with the shadows right so if you were to focus on that rather than like what's going on with the shadows themselves then maybe that's the approach well it's now a very positive approach because now it's about friendship that's positive. That is. That's what I'm <laughs> saying. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's, you focus on the people that are around you and not... Yeah. Don't focus on... Which, at that point, if that is positive enough and constructive enough, then that might be the, the, like, the force that gets people to actually take the chains off in some way. You know what I mean by that? Or wait, repeat that one more time. So, the more you're consumed by with the ideas you have of the shadows, right? Like if it's a distraction, like directly where whatever is being presented to you is um, a shadow. Like, like I give the example of like a fighter as like a form of entertainment. Right. Like you're just kind of lost in that moment. What's going on with the shadows? Or it could even be deeper. It could be like this concept of like justice that you think should be served. Like in this, in that case, like an example could be, I don't know, something going on politically where you're invested in what you're watching, where you think that, you know, if this kind of outcome of the shadows dancing across the cave wall result, you'll feel fulfilled. But ultimately, the more invested you are in either of those, like one seems more substantial the other they still won't uh like they won't change the nature of like reality enough in a constructive sense versus like those other things we we're saying like actually focusing on the fact that you're chained up and dealing with you know uh, how do you how do you uh get past that i guess with the other people that you're you're down there with like, how do you break out of that? Like, the more invested in the shadows, the less... Yeah, but it, rejecting the shadows will just lead to a duller experience. Could it, though? Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, but... Well, uh, no. Remember that... 
Hood Slam we went to. Yeah. It's not a Mazdaval fight, but it, it's still fun. <laughs> <laughs> that was, uh... Mazdaval. No, those, uh... No, those... That's like the, um... I don't know. Uh... The shadows, like that that example that you say, hood slam. It's almost so absurd, where uh, it's clear that it's a shadow. That sounds like like it's like a backwards way to get to enlightenment in a way, you know. Like it's so obviously a shadow. Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, so that could be like constructive in a process, I guess, but. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Maybe the whole point, though, is you can't actually you can't actually separate anything from being a shadow, and the truth is, is you know, your reality is forever being distorted. I mean, it actually makes sense though, because it's not like like we only have like seven senses, you know. What is what is actually true is subjective. It's not like a freaking fl yeah, fly is seeing the same thing or experiencing the same thing as you and I. Does it, I mean, it doesn't matter if your brain's in a vat in a lab somewhere. Yeah, you're, yeah. You're still. That was in, <laughs> that was the uh, the other like, the other intro to philosophy class like, in college. They spent a lot of time on that one. Oh, the brain brain in the vat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know though. Uh, but yeah, I thought it a lot. I, I was thinking of that when I was re-listening to the last pod. And then I actually read the the book, and uh, I listened to a couple of podcasts where they talked about it too. Really? Yeah, they're pretty good. Um, but the part that we started on, where I think it's like the whole process of um, what makes you inclined to be in whatever position you're in, and also leave and go back in, is actually kind of interesting because that's like where the agency, I guess, comes in. Yeah. Anyways, should we uh, should we wrap should we wrap, wrap up eleven? Yeah. I think I have a fun future pod idea where we each like it. Ha it's like allegory of the cave, but we we each like grab our favorite like three uh, Fermi paradox like ideas like. Uh, you mean the aliens one? That's right. Where is everyone? And we 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 like discuss our favorites and which one yeah. we want to be the most likely or most we want to be true versus the one we most are fearful for and then the one that we hope like isn't true what are the three that you've thought of so far well i i mean there's there's a lot of solutions to yeah. it like what like uh, uh rare earth um rare earth rare earth is so rare that Oh, there yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, there yeah. are none. The, the, there are no one else. Yeah. The there's like all the great filters of. I think was that who like was civilizations that? reach maturity and inevitably wipe themselves out. Yeah. Due to some like constraint we don't know yet. Yeah. Um, like technological inability. So like you, the universe wipes you out before you can like mature and go get interplanetary. 
what what other oh the the, the zoo zoo hypothesis where oh, we're being just watched right like cultivated like a zoo exact like, thing yeah, yeah yeah there's a lot of intricate i mean i'm sure like yeah. every so many phd students have written their own ideas about it. there's probably hundreds by now and some are bizarre yeah. dude the one that actually this is not like my favorite but i recently encountered it's kind of fun <laughs> so do you know that you can't take a direct flight over the south pole sure so you I, can't there's <laughs> no i mean the reason is because there's no like uh guidance purposes to it like from going from one city to the next uh it doesn't make distance wise sense really i think the only place it would make sense from like cape town to like buenos aires argentina or something like that um or somewhere on australia and argentina i think okay but that like the conspiracy people like to uh bring that up it's like, oh, does that mean there's some weird... There's something there. Yeah, civil... Or is the Earth way bigger than we actually realize? Because it is... Because it's spherical, you know? Right. Uh, maybe the diameter there is actually way larger than we realize. And like you can see maps of it. It's hard to <laughs> explain. But, like, uh, it kind of goes back to, like, the Game of Thrones ice wall that beyond the ice wall that is antarctica there's actually like a whole whole utopian yeah. yeah okay <laughs> and so it's not it's the same idea as aliens uh have kind of caged us up there's actually different humans or giants or whatever that have caged, caged us this, in like this hemisphere of the globe and actually it's like much larger than we realize old strategy for giving us airplanes <laughs> <laughs> satellites yeah, no, let, let's do that. That'd be fun. That'd be good, because, like, there's so many fun ones, and I think, like... Yeah, I want to I wanna look into more short uh, stuff like The Cave, though. Yeah. That, uh, like, pretty easy to read, and... I don't know. I, I particularly like the... Uh, or interested in the stuff that seems ancient, but also kind of relates to... Right, that right plays now. in modern time. Yeah. In ways that are not like completely obvious, but when you kind of stop and think about them for a bit, uh, it makes sense. All right, do you got a song for us? Yeah. Oh, actually, I don't know. I didn't go to the gym in a few days because I hurt my foot. Uh, yeah, Matt's working on a broken pawed on a broken toe. So. Yeah. <laughs> oh shit. I'll just play this one. Action Bronson. Oh. <laughs> it's imported good. I heard Action Bronson lost a lot of weight recently. Yeah, he got jacked. I think he gained it back, though. In, like, muscle mass? Or just, no, like, he started eating again? <laughs> yeah. Because he had that show, uh, Fuck That's Delicious. <laughs> Dude, that guy would just get baked yeah. and go eat, like, Philly cheesesteaks. Mm. Oh, my favorite, like, outrage of the day was the whole Bud Light. Oh, yeah. I saw a hilarious tweet. It was like, suddenly all these... 
random con- like random country artists I've never heard of are, are hating Bud Light. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's very funny. See the beast on the creep, they let the max squirt. Bitch on the backs to do the dippies on the bikes and loud pipes and rocket levers like a wild Viking. My man who just came home and some are going up. He's up in the alley, sipping valley, fucking growing up. Keep your mind straight, focus on the prize. Always diving in the thighs, blowing smoke into the skies. Yo, Brassinelli, the problem, we got the party reeking. Never see us starving, all my people hardly speaking. When it's time that we form into a single foul, spray the fucking ball call without hitting a single child. Hop in the beamer, pigeon popping the Nina. Getting top in the steamer, scoping rocket at Tina. Hooker, the type of looker, eat the pussy from the back. Take the children to the school, baking cookies, serving packs all day. Know the verbal, it's Oscar winning. You cop a squat to pissing, only focus on them that glisten suppositories in the ass of you The green feel out with a horsey How this motherfucking bastard do Bet the crib that you ain't fucking with this grown man Ali Honda, a thousand slap you with the whole hand Sex a dime, herbally a blessed time Check the rhyme, motherfucker, better recognize This for my people, making sales until they back hurt See the beast on the creep, they let the max squirt Bitch on the backs to do the dippies on the bikes And loud pipes and rocket levers like a wild viking My man who just came home, my summer going up He's up in the alley, sipping valley, fucking throwing up Keep your mind straight, focus on the prize Always diving in the thighs, blowing smoke into the skies The eyes slanted from the origami I roll the quarter of the water near the border Where you ought to find me The tambourine man pumping while the Tyson burning Air tech challenge, play court checks, balance Stay endorsing that weak shit My team spit that mean shit Like stepping in some fiend shit Now you sick to your stomach because you stun it Work I front it, another motherfucking jerk in front it Post pattern, Lonnie do the low fat I'm flushing motherfucker, keep a toast about it Go saddin, little doulas on the block, we tell them go stab em Relieve them of his shoes, it's easier to toe tag em Car hard sets and horses like the Preakness Bronson love a freak bitch, dining on that Greek dish That's the a-hole, all my people A-wall Cash inside the case and now the judges wanna play ball This is for my people making sales until they back hurt See the beast on the creep, they let the max squirt Bitch on the backs to do the dippies on the bikes And loud pipes and rocket levers like a wild viking My man who just came home and some are going up He's up in the alley, sipping valley, fucking throwing up Keep your mind straight, focus on the prize Always diving in the thighs, blowing smoke into the skies